0: Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa, is proudly sponsored by Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making.
1: A very good morning to you and thanks for tuning in. This is Beyond Governance at 101.9 High FM. My name is Nimrod thanks for inviting me through your radio and I'm delighted to share this space and time with you, the beloved listener of the show. We have so much in store for you on this glorious day as we continue to celebrate Africa Month. Despite uh, social and economic upheavals, Africa is open for business, that's for sure. There's a greater need for, for us as a collective to foster a culture of collaboration between and among the regional blocs. The African Continental Free Trade Agreement for that is part of this ambitious trade pact to form the world's largest free trade uh, area. By, by connecting almost 1.3 billion people across the 54 states countries. The, the conversations about African, uh, uh, the, the conversations about the African based rating agencies further underscores, in my view, the idea of African solution for African problems. These are ongoing conversations which, which all the sectors and actors of economies must have in the quest to translate major initiatives such as the African Continental Free Trade Agreement into implementable problem. I'm sure you certainly believe with the truth well, Let's go. Moving along swiftly, I want us to reflect on two major stories. First it's about you know, how impending strike and the second story is about the video of apparent racism incident at Stanford University that has been re- doing rounds on social media much to outrage of the many. The video shows a white student urinating on a black student's belongings. I'll get to that. First, maybe let's unpack the first part of the story that I really wanted us to reflect on. We hear through social media that the gonna is, is playing a full blown strike at SARS as wage talk deadlock. The union vehemently contends that SARS could not meet the workers' demand of 12% increase as it as the employer promised the 0% offer, which is an insult, basically, to the workers, as it were. Yes, we can agree on that. I think the biggest question for me and everyone else is that most companies promised 5% or 5.5%. Given the, given the historic COVID-19 pandemic ramification in all businesses, public sector as a whole, can they really afford double digit? I'm not saying people should get zero as, as the employers promise, but I'm sure they will gravitate towards a reasonable percentage. But surely, 12% per or any double digit doesn't look like it. It's, it's, it's a good bargaining. But be that as it may, uh, let's hope that they will reach the a amicable solution on that particular impasse. and pass a bigger bargain. On the apparent racist video of a white student urinating on someone's belongings, I'm equally appalled. I'm the atheist, to say the least. I see even the Justice Minister has weighing in and condemning this racist incident. I honestly believe that racism has no place in South Africa. We cannot ignore that racism is entrenched. It will take men and women of strong will and determination to deal with the root causes, not only the symptoms, that's at our homes, in our schools in our churches and in our places. I mean, for me, overt racism is very easy to deal with. You simply arrest the person and, and that's that. The biggest challenge, in my view, has to do with the kind or of systemic racism, which is as it is very really subtle. It hides behind constitution. It hides behind the Bill of Rights as speaks to, you know, uh, association, a of association. Freedom of speech, our own rules, and so on and so forth. This is the biggest challenge for me, and, and I'm sure most Africans will agree with me that over racism it's easy to deal with. I mean, it's easy to deal with. It is this, it is the systemic racism, institutionalized racism, that is very difficult to address. Anyway, the show is not about that. I just wanted to weigh my two cents worth of uh, input on those very interesting observations that makes this country very interesting to be yet if you want to weigh on those topics you're most welcome to make your input if you're joining the show for the first time thank you very much uh, for coming through where have you been um i hope we keep will keep you uh glued to this particular show uh, as part of the beyond governance family and again if you miss any of our shows not to worry simply visit our website which is www.hi.fm.com and look for beyond governance podcasts download them share them with you If you really want to uh, give us your inputs on the current show or any of the previous conversations that I've had, or we've had a phenomenal men and women across the board, you're welcome to share your thoughts via our SMS line, which is 34519. And of course, I do take your thoughts and views by my Twitter handle, which is at Bella and Nimrod. Um, In today's conversation, we're shining the spotlight on the glass ceiling through the presence of women in business. Uh, The net in me wants to define what we really mean by the glass ceiling, Quite essentially the glass ceiling term refers to sometimes invisible barriers to success that many women come across against their careers. Hopefully by the end of the show, we would have shattered the proverbial ceiling and eagerly awaiting again okay, the concrete wall that too shall be broken down, piece by piece, brick by brick. My partner in climate this glorious morning, uh, who's my guest is Mulebuhan Matli. She is a media entrepreneur economist, strategist, author, speaker, and moderator. Without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to welcome Mulebunhanu market. Ma'am, you're most welcome to Beyond Governance. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Mbele. I'm so happy to join you and your listeners this morning on Beyond
1: Governance. Thank you very much. That is, as I've indicated earlier, the, the show would focus on the, the summit, which is currently pending, and we'll get to hear more and more about the, the beauty of women assuming correct places in the economy for it's this
0: is long-awaiting. Let's take a break. We'll come back in just in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Yep,
1: Thank you for joining me. Uh, We have just started. Uh, This is Beyond Governance at 101.9 Hayat, and I'm joined by Mulebihin Mark, who is a media entrepreneur, economy strategist, author, speaker, moderator. And we are talking about the Women in Business Summit to be held on the 5th of May at Zanzima, under the... Theme What more can be done to accelerate women entrepreneurship and sustainability? Whenever you can take us back in terms of what, what are the objectives of this roundtable uh, conversation that you have planned.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Mbele. The roundtable will be held at Festac Africa 2022, and I think that I, brings us into.
1: I think I'll be doing injustice because I saw your very elaborate resume and i think it's important for me that i give the listener the richness of before you get to this question the richness of your resume for somebody who's listening to the show who'd want to know and follow you who is mulev hill
2: Malabwe Matli is a Pan-African success enthusiast and passion and focus really is in the emancipation of Black women cross-spectrum and I have found value in spearheading media strategy in this regard and one would ask why media? It is so imperative that we utilize media to position female-owned businesses to access market for business promotion and create strategies that enhance growth for women. In a nutshell, that's what I do. I'm the CEO of Madi Podwana Media. It's a multinational incorporated in South Africa and in Nigeria. And I'm the group CEO of Multi Holdings. It's a conglomerate of companies around the continent with the same objective of finding economic solutions for Black businesses, but predominantly focusing on females for challenges that are there, of course, in getting an inclusive economic growth for women. We are also incorporated in Nigeria and we have found value Dr Mbella must emphasize in playing in these two markets um, Nigeria and South Africa by virtue of the two in my view up until now still being the most powerful economies and I believe if South Africa and Nigeria can get it right, we ultimately might just be able to get solutions for the rest of the continent.
1: Oh, thank you very much for that uh, background I think the listener would certainly enjoy in, in getting a perspective from you when you really un- unravel this summit. Take us through the objective of the summit.
2: It's to bring women around the table to discuss, first and foremost, where we are, you know, as female entrepreneurs within the, within the continent, what are the challenges that are facing Black women and women of colour, but most importantly, what are the solutions, because we cannot address challenges without tapping into potential solutions as well. So uh, Zanzibar has opened up its doors and the country is welcoming you know, Africa for the first time in a while under the umbrella of FESTAC Africa. FESTAC, for our listener, um, they would know that it is a festival of art and culture for Black people and people of African descent from all over the world. It was launched years ago, over four decades ago, and is coming back for the first time now, almost after four decades. And um, this unique celebration of art and culture, which is the coming together of people, culminates with a business conference. And I am just so excited to have received an invitation to be part of the most significant aspect of this festival, by virtue of being part of the conference that is taking place over three days. But the main focus for me will be the roundtable that I'm chairing around issues of women entrepreneurship and in precision and accuracy. The focus is what can be done to accelerate growth and sustainability for female-owned businesses and leaders. I totally look forward to engaging with women from across the continent in very high leadership positions. We're talking of women from the World Bank. We're talking of women within the tourism sector, which is still Africa's biggest driving uh, sector amongst other many. So it's really a a conversation real-time to to really zoom in, especially now almost 24 months post the break of COVID-19 and just assess where are we, how have we been uh, uh, impacted, and most certainly how do we move forward and what what mechanisms can be utilized to enhance business day to day for black women
1: Oh, that's quite that's quite interesting indeed and i see it's quite a, a packed pact program you made reference to three days conference which brings in uh, the uh, you know key constituencies of the world bank of tourism i want to throw in uh, the financiers we all know that entrepreneurs often face financial capital challenges. Are financiers part of the package? Uh, could you just give us more detail from that end, please?
2: And I'm going to approach it from an uh, from a holistic point of view, uh, Dr. Mbele, as opposed to zooming in onto the practicality of financiers mm-hmm. that would be taking, you know, part or participating. Of course, when you, you want to address business broadly, bringing it back to context on females, you cannot do that without addressing finances. So the round table would tap of course, greatly onto the challenges that are facing women. And for me, one of the first challenges is access to finance. And that speaks to, you know, um, financiers generally in a holistic approach. When you talk of access to market um, capital or funding of existing businesses or startups, you start from the liquidity thereof and sustainability thereof is definitely dependent on financiers. So in Zanzibar, the conversation will really, really focus on participation, accuracy in terms of what percentages you know, are there in women focused uh, funding, women capital raising initiatives, angel funding, all mechanisms or, financi- or financial packages that can be offered to women, uh, you know, and this becomes quite a critical day to day issue, Dr. Mbele, that I believe should actually not be left to such roundtables. It is imperative that we're able to talk about it. But, you know, day to day, we really need to tap much deeper and, and, and look at where we are, where we're going, and to the financial market and the financiers, we're raising our voices simply to say that we find that there is such a huge gap when you look at business performance influenced by access to finance between your male and female counterparts. With day to day, you'll see the the African Bank research dating 2020 um, estimates. Uh, you know that the financing gap for African women is sitting at almost. $42 billion. is a very huge gap. Uh, when you look at even corporate and the corporate sector as well, just the basics of the salary gap between men and women becomes, it's still so huge that it becomes extremely concerning as to how do we then strengthen, you know, the, the professional fiber, the skills fiber. How do we accelerate growth without addressing the need to spearhead female-focused financing options for women? And we will, be unpacking more on who strategic partners are, how do we go about it achieving this, and who should be playing the market that are possibly not playing the market as yet.
1: That sounds quite interesting. You beautifully unpacked uh, the systemic approach through which the roundtable will begin to deal with pertinent issues that confront or faces women in business. And I could not agree with you more when you made when you were making reference to issues such as who are the strategic partners. Uh, issues of access to clients, issues of access to market. So these are obviously glaring gaps that should any woman entrepreneur participate needs mm. to deal with. Um, and I also like the idea of strategic partnerships. For it is, it is not possible for any individual to succeed in breaking the glass ceiling without strategic partners. Some partners obviously would enable women to understand and appreciate the value chain of their own business say for example business in in power and generation value chain of power and generation such strategic partners would would be most welcome or any partner through which would bring uh, through their own um, initiative bring in women uh, most certainly definitely enhance the value of these but just from your end how incredible variable at least a strategic partnership from your end so that people who may want to join you could immediately think of or identify with them.
2: So we do have the likes of, you know, our African broad-based um, ECOBank, which plays continentally. We do have, I'm um, looking forward to the likes of MTN as well from a technological point of view, because um, once again, in, in my view, and in being part of this round table, is the understanding of access to technology as well, which cuts across as well, you know, within sectors. Um, such 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 strategic um Partners become critical in, again, advancing not just the conversation, but the practicality of running businesses day to day. When you look at the likes of MTN, you know, uh, from a technological point of view and, or, or a mobile or ICT point of view, you look at the technical technological solutions thereof that could, you know, uh, could be rolled out in direct partnership with banks to create, you know, a formula or a technological package that will make access to funding very easy for women. MTN is already in the continent as the question of how do we then link the likes of MTN and and, and all other players, you know, within the market with banks to create women-focused digital solutions? Because again, we're in the 21st century where digital technology is everything. Uh, You and I are engaging, you know, um, over and over, you know, virtually around the world business in the past 24 months, even dating back prior COVID, though now during COVID, we see it, it has become part of the everyday culture that we engage virtually. Meaning if you have to focus on turning your business around or establishing a business right now, one of the main tools that require Dr. Belli's is technology. And you cannot drive technology, which we must address. Number one, it is extremely expensive, depending on the industries that we speak into. But the main issues is spoken about, whether it's access to funding, sustainability, creating a network, you do need the type of digital support that will sustain your business, plug and play into your model, and be able to access the rest of the world. So uh, we look forward to engaging predominantly, not necessarily on the banks or necessarily on the strategic. Banks from a funding point of view only, but the whole value chain of what becomes critical to create, a, you know, um, a system that can speak to all elements of being able to operate in a technological savvy world that we live in today, especially at this point where we've been disconnected for so long and one of the best ways to kickstart and to continue running and to accelerate is definitely through technology. So more than anything, I think we're looking forward to engaging with technological partners and talking of how we can connect the dots and create an ecosystem that will give solutions to making business easier for women across sectors.
1: Wow, that's quite incredible indeed. On that note, I'm going to take a break and we'll come back just in a second.
0: Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa, is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Uh, this is Beyond Governance
1: at 101.9 High FM, and I'm joined by Heng Mark, who is the media entrepreneur, economic strategist, as well as the author, speaker, we are talking about the Women in Business Summit, which will be held on the 25th of May in, in, in Zanzibar under the theme What More Can Be Done to Accelerate Women, Entrepreneurship, and Sustainability. Um, mm-hmm. Before we took that small break, you raised a number of pertinent issues mm-hmm. around the veil of technology and the extent to which technology could be, you know, uh, be, well, technological or technology related businesses mm-hmm. can be. Of benefits to women, and you obviously want to partner. One of the end goal, I would imagine, is partnering, as you indicated clearly, partnering with technological giants um, mm-hmm. for women to appreciate the value system uh, of, of of that particular front. You've mm-hmm. also made reference to uh, strategic partners such as MTN, uh, EcoBank, the World Bank. So clearly, this is a, a big spoiler for businesses, particularly women-led businesses. In my experience, has the issue of practical skills, it is one thing for a business, it is one thing to have a business idea, it is another to have a practical skills and competency to manage business or to be in that kind of business. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, um, because we're talking business um, uh, exposure from a networking point of view, from a from, uh, skills acquisition point of view, from yes. financial point of view, um, all these facets of business. One critical issue that I want to get a sense of where it is, where it's going, because it's part of a major challenge facing many businesses just the, the know how. So, to what extent do you think the roundtable, as part of your strategic partnership, bring in women businesses in terms of practical exposure of running businesses in the particular sectors? I would imagine someone who is in who want to venture into agro processing. Uh, Agro-processing as a business or as a mm-hmm. sector requires specific skills and competencies. So are you exploring those kinds of nuances? Can you take us through that?
2: Dr. Mbela, when we started earlier, I believe um, we touched on, you know, the purpose of, of the roundtable and highlighting the fact that the focus of the roundtable at this point in time is identification of the gaps for for Black-owned businesses and and, and and females in general. And what are the solutions? Um, is just to directly speak to, you know, um, your question in this regard, yes, most certainly there is a zoom into issues of skills development or skills acquisition, yet it has been identified as a gap as well. You know, obviously with the Roundtable, the objective is to want to look at finding solutions or tapping into solutions in this regard, it will be so interesting to also realize that the roundtable is represented um, by women from almost all regions of Africa, therefore uh, creating an opportunity for the solutions that are identified or the the problems that are tabled to um, speak to solutions from an intra-trading perspective, which becomes critical as well. Uh, But education um, in this conversation is is, is most pertinent as well Because I have identified and collectively we identify that education is one of the most critical elements in running a successful business. And what do I mean by education in this regard? You want to look at, obviously, as you correctly said, skills development or skills acquisition and um, the importance of empowering women with basic tools of running business day to day, in as much as you've got specialized areas and you might have support structures that are around you, how pertinent it is that you, as a business owner, you are dramatize yourself to issues of planning, um, you know, managing your business, being able to develop policies, or even just creating a human resources plan, being able to apply mind to your business um, and identify the skills gap that are required for your business to run successfully. So there is intention to unpack this more in detail but post um, the round table, um, intention is to then formulate, you know, um, a, a, a circle of women continentally that will focus more on enterprise development especially for young entrepreneurs or startups and even women in the rural areas you touched on issues of technology in as much as women at this point in time might be offered even funding or access to land you know in regards to for instance agriculture how much of the sector do you even understand to participate you are here you are available but beyond access to funding or access to even the best the first tool in agriculture agriculture being land. Are you adequately skilled and prepared to tap into that market? So, education, Dr. Mbele, in our view, remains one of the biggest gaps, you know, in, in expediting and, 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 and giving a turnaround to the success and sustainability of Black women in business and African women holistically. And it is a focus of discussion as well as to what gaps are there and what solutions can be created. What type of institutions do we partner with as well? We've got a lot of leadership and high end, uh, you know, institutions. That speaks to us, you know, as professionals or as the academia. But there is a need when you scale it down to the importance as well, you know, of basic education in this regard that will key in and plug into all sectors, especially from grassroots level. So education is key and it has been identified as one of the biggest gaps that stands in the way of women accelerating and growing in business. And intention of the roundtable is to unpack the gaps as well as create um, solutions that can then be plugged into the inter-trade space. We have the Free Africa Trade, um, Dr. Mbele, that has recently signed off in 20, 2020, 2021, 1st January, I believe it kicked in. And when you look at the participation of women at this point in time, we cannot question whether or not women-owned businesses are even active within the AFCFTA. The question is, are they even aware, even if they want to participate, is there an information tool? Is there a package that speaks to how their business can plug and play, taking into cognizance already the challenges that are facing women? So there is a big gap there, Dr. Mbele, on the education aspect of educating women, equipping them with necessary skill, on basic financing, financial, especially financial literacy, because your business is just as good as how you understand your finances. From your capital injection, to working out your profits, to strategic partnerships, all of that speaks to finances. And without saying there's a need to equip women with necessary skills to understand how their businesses function.
1: Well, that's quite a useful insight that we are definitely getting from your end, uh, Mulewoheng. If you've just joined us, I am in conversation with Mulewoheng Martin, who is a serial entrepreneur, and we're talking about women in business roundtable. That is going to be held uh, in Zanzibar under the theme, What More Can Be Done to Accelerate Women Entrepreneurship and Sustainability. I really like how you articulate some of these glaring gaps or gaps that are going to be further exploded to provide the delegates with an opportunity to craft crafting solutions. For the bulk or the majority of conferences, in my experience, don't really end up with programs that, that that are going to be followed up. I was quite fascinated to hear from your end that there is going to be a post-roundtable post plan that would ensure that the deliberations that were held find expression in some kind of a planning, some kind of a programming in various spaces so that those women in the countries, in African countries, so, so to speak, are able to piggyback and understand how they could plug and play. That, for me, I found it very useful in terms of that. And I also found how you have articulated the role of education as critical, um, particularly in the context of the Africa Trade, Free Trade trade Agreement. Mm -hmm. And you have said to me, and I come to think of it, I haven't really heard of a clearly cut plan or strategy That is meant to speak to women, let alone them knowing that there is something called the the African Continental Free Trade Mm -hmm. Agreement area. And what does it have for them? There are clearly a lot of gaps and which would result from educating or informing these constituencies, which anybody would would literally applaud. But you also raise a very pertinent issue around the gaps in advancing the cause of uh, women in rural dwellings. Mm -hmm. We all know that. The bulk of businesses, of small businesses in Africa, are small businesses, and are mainly managed or run by women. And gaps are quite vast there. And I agree with you. But going further, do you see partnership with the universities, partnership with um, other players that would instill the kind of competencies that you referred to those women? What's the thinking slightly further on, on that particular point?
2: There is a need, definitely, Dr. Mbele, for strategic partnerships um, with institutions of higher learning, as I said earlier, you know, scaling it down to not just, you know, academia, but um, basics as well, touching on identification of need first and foremost. So it's almost a though we need to throw in the net, you know, and focus on research that speaks to certain markets, certain sectors and certain communities. And I agree with you that almost 80% of female-owned businesses around the continent would be classified as small businesses. In South Africa here, we've seen the growth of um, or the focus as well being the township Economy. Uh, when you speak township, e- township economy, you already identify a lot of gaps there as well in terms of skills required for sustainability. When you speak oh, to other markets in that regard, you also identify quite a huge gap. So there is intention, Dr. Mbela, most certainly, to identify institutions from high in, within the higher learning um, perspective, scaling it down to basic skills, you know, even vocational skills, which I believe should be the focus as well, especially when you look at specific sectors. And and partnership with technology partnerships, with ICT broadly, partnerships within the AFCFTA would we'll definitely speak to identifying the type of partners that are required per sector and how do we then plug and play or create rather, you know, uh, policies around some of the already developed structures to give direct support to the initiatives that are already existing and to also speak to startups. But one of the biggest focus, um, Dr. Mbele, for me as well uh, within the roundtable, uh, once we speak policy, I'm, I'm thinking of the role of government and how important it is that we pulling government to this, you know, um, Africa broadly um, is still dependent on, on public education, for instance. And I think we will be talking of education from a perspective of where do we start educating? When we speak of partners, does enterprising or even entrepreneurship left to when you finally graduated university? Or is it something we need to start tackling with girl children at high school level and starting gearing them and empowering them with the skills to start creating not just wealth, but being able to create sustainability for themselves to a point where once they are graduates, with the deficit we have in the continent of unemployment, can we focus on it being a solution of empowering them uh, with necessary skill to start tapping into the workplace without dependency on an employer? Because then they are given the required skill prior even getting to university to start setting up something small that they don't necessarily need to fall back on, because the other challenge we have is what do we fall back on? How about we start speaking on sustainability, that we don't have to fall on anything, but we can create a parallel route where girls can leave high school, be equipped with a skill that enables them to start to to establish um, a small business for themselves while they pursue studies. And in that way, once they graduate, they become an employer that can absorb the rest of the girls that are leaving school. So for that, um, uh, the focus will really be the role of government in this regard. Uh, The role of government in this regard and how do we then pull in government for me as a key stakeholder as well and we want to tackle it from an angle of government from a you know from a perspective of creating gender sensitive policies and support initiatives you know for women that are going to be playing within the AFCFTA for example partnership there with government or within these organizations and the broader spectrum is the importance of understanding the importance of offering tax incentives you know for female-owned businesses and out sourcing business to women-led SMEs as well. And I believe um, such a partnership speaks directly to where we are, where we need to go. But at the same time, it's the question of how do we navigate in getting there?
1: Well, that's quite a very uh, powerful point that you just made reference to. Uh, we're going to under the role of government issue. Let's take a quick break as we gravitate towards the end of this wonderful show.
0: Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making.
1: Welcome back. If you've just joined us, we are now gravitating towards the end of the show and I'm, I'm having a very fascinating and thought-provoking conversation with Mulebe N. who is a serial entrepreneur, and we are talking about Women in Business Roundtable that is going to be held on the 25th of May and Zanzibar under the theme, what more can be done to accelerate women entrepreneurship and sustainability. Uh, before we took that quick break, you raised a very pertinent issue around the role of government in making pronouncement on gender-sensitive policies, policies that would enable uh, women-led businesses to, to mushroom uh, even mm. better giving them tax rebates or tax incentives, having specific programs that support small businesses. You also made reference to the role of vocational education, which could be brought in as part of the fold to make programs or leverage on existing programs mm-hmm. or, or scale up existing programs which could provide or can provide um, portable skills to those who around how to run own businesses. All these things they're talking about, what comes to mind is professionalization of small businesses? I would imagine small businesses are have different tiers. There's obviously very nascent tier, there is there is a developing tier, there is well-developed tier. So which means the conference at some point will deliberate on strategies for each of these tiers for business are not operating in the same wavelength in a nutshell. What comes to mind based on how you've expressed the insights and the objectives of this particular summit, actually pro- professionalization of, of businesses, but also partnering and networking, enhancing what is existing in terms of value chain opportunities for women in business. This is what my summation, I'm not sure if I'm doing justice in terms of how I sum up. As we about to finalize this conversation, what would you consider being critical success conditions from where you're sitting for the summit? What would we say if the summit were to be defined as successful in your own terms? What would that be?
2: Thanks, Dr. Mbele. Um, in my view, the success of this uh, roundtable and the coming together of women with, of course, been the intention. For me, the success truly would be participation of females, availability of women to be part and parcel of this conversation to be pattern process and pattern parcel rather of the creation of the next steps for ourselves in going forward. This well-packed round table, in my view, becomes null and void if females are not available to participate, if females are not there. And there's another gap for me, uh, Dr. Mbele, that I feel is highly, 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 you know, at this point in time, you'd, you'd expect that the gap would be smaller, but we still see a very huge gap, you know, in regards to women's participation, within such conversations as well and you want to interrogate why are we really not available you know in numbers to be part of such conversations and um, without leaving the point that we're trying to establish I'm simply saying that success uh, for me would would truly be dependent on the availability of women in person and virtually to be part of not just the conversation but part of creating solutions for ourselves because whether or not we like it to a large extent a small business is you're going to have to develop a very strong uh, tenacity muscle to succeed as a small business, as a small business rather to succeed as a black female entrepreneur with with the natural cost of the climate of business being what it is. You're going to have to equip yourself and have a high level of. You're going to have to is to find uh, sort of motivation within as well to step out and fight. You know, on the on the playing field um, professionally to be able to 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 acquire that which you need, but um, networking alone is not enough. Um, the partnerships are created, they are there, the roundtable is happening, but without all these females and all of us coming together and availing ourselves, not only to this roundtable, Dr. Mbele, but holistically stepping out in confidence to, 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 at this point in time, determine being active participants of the world that we want to change around us so we are heard, so we are seen, so we are given equal opportunity, is really incumbent upon us. So uh, with us, with I'm saying success is dependent on all of us, ladies, uh, female entrepreneurs from across sectors in government, in private sector, um, in blue chip companies. Let us make it our intention going forward, 2022 post COVID, that has totally, you know, broken some of the basic systems we had put in place and has changed the dynamics of business as we know it. To have the intention of first and foremost, finding each other, finding collaboration, creating systems as well that speaks one to another. Because while government has got a role to play, technological partners have got a role to play, funders might want to play. But we also need to bring ourselves together and start being intentional with how we want this to be done for us. So we sort of need to be bold enough, Dr. Mbele, to really start dictating and creating a conducive environment where we can be seen and heard. But if we are not active participants, it, it, it remains a challenge. So in summing up, I believe the success for me will be the turnout of women in person and virtually to be part of the conversation and to address our need, to address our gaps and share some of the solutions that we believe can empower us going forward. More than anything, I'm saying the outcome for me as well would be the willingness of women businesses to collaborate amongst themselves.
1: I couldn't agree with you more on that note. Um, The willingness of women to collaborate is quite critical because they bring social capital, they bring skills and competencies, they bring their networks, they bring insights and wisdom in various sectors, they bring in experiences. So this becomes a melting pot of different women who have different skill sets to offer. Um, That would enable the, the success of this particular uh, venture, you know, it comes, it comes really to life. Um, give us the details of how those women who can't make it but want to be part of the virtual, uh, can you give us the details of the, the virtual logging details, um, logins for women who will be outside this conversation and men who, are, who still want to support women. What are those logging details? Do you have them ready for us?
2: So the logging details would be found on Fastac Africa, mm-hmm forward slash uh, women round table, FASTAC Africa forward slash women round table. The Zoom link um, would be attached on that site. Free access and everybody and every woman. And we appreciate the he's for she's as well that um, are wanting to be part of this journey because we understand the importance of collaboration, not only between women, but the importance of standing, you know, with our male counterparts as well, if we want to have a conclusive and balanced economic, Climate changed within the continent.
0: Thank
1: you very much. Unfortunately, one of the here, it has been absolutely beautiful sharing those insights of the roundtable with us. Thank you very much for embracing Beyond Governance with your presence.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Highly appreciate it and have a good day, Feather.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you very much. That was uh, Mulebuheing Mati, who's a serial entrepreneur, and we're talk- really talking about the role of this uh, roundtable in unpacking very complex and complicated issues that are facing women in business. I certainly hope that you, um, the listener, have had uh, uh, provoking thoughts that, that were ushered, and we can certainly support this kind of initiatives. We ought to be proud of ourselves. We ought to proud ourselves with the opportunities that we offer or present to women-led businesses. Uh, from a communication point of view, it's absolutely critical, for we all know that if one woman business succeeds, uh, multitudes benefit. It is on that basis that we we'll all have to support women, not from it, just political sense of things, you know, but of course it's the right thing to do. It is a simply right thing to do. Um, that's my view, please. Anyway, let's leave it from here and let's touch base once again next week and count encounter of Beyond Governance. Have yourself a beautiful morning and look after yourself.
0: Shalom. Beyond Governance was brought to you by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making.